Ford? Oh. Hello. Hey, it's Hartley. How you doing, brother? It's Aaron Collins. Yes. Once Episode again. two. Wicked number two. Of our blockbuster podcast. Yep. This is the Empire Strikes Back, kids. It's going <laughs> to get dark. It's going to get weird. Get ready. <laughs> it's it's the... Um, you're yeah, going to cut off my the, hand. It's the connector. <laughs> Do I find out you're my dad? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> to say the least. Yep. Okay, so for anyone that's li- listening for the first time, the brief synopsis is uh, two old friends of over 20 years, both named Aaron, calling each other to talk music. Yep. We both buy a lot of records. We text each other all day. So we've uh, we've moved that to a phone call, and uh, but this week we've added a a little bit of a a, a conversation for the end. So we'll talk about oh. what we bought, and then uh, have a bit of a what if. Yes. What? Give me your radio tag for it, because we're we're <laughs> we're too lazy to do like editing. So just give me your give me your give give everyone like a preview of what they're looking forward to. Alternative histories. <laughs> It's so great. There's a reason why we don't have like a soundboard because if I had access to those during a podcast, I would just hit the button the whole time. Right. You also have the like the honky noise, the nose noise. Yeah. That guy. (laughs) Yep. I'd be the Rosie O'Donnell of podcast hosting. Instead, you just got me on the other line, so I'll just I'll just do that. You just That's say, true. "Give me a noise," and I'll just yeah. be like, "Stupid noise here." Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever said this before to you, but you are my Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sweet. So let's jump into this. I yep. uh, I went to a record show last weekend. Well, uh, technically two weekends ago, but um, we had one at the Nashville Palace, and so uh, I went and stocked up. Uh, and I see I bought six things and um, I don't know, there's a there's a lot to go through, but we'll I can sum up three of them as just I think I'm over my hair metal stage. Yep. Uh, I got two Motley Crue records, uh, Theater of Pain and Too Fast for Love. And uh, yeah, I know. Here's the thing. We may have uh, talked about this earlier, but I realized that um, I'm I'm just missing two now. I'm missing Shout at the Devil and uh, Doctor Feel Good, and then I'll kind of be like, I don't know why I need to have those, like mm, all those Motley right. Crue records. But once I do, I'll feel satisfied. Do you feel like that's part of the thing of? It's funny. I I almost mentioned this last time. Yep. I feel like that's part of the thing of record collecting is like, I think all of the people that I know who do it are completists by like yeah. nature like yeah. they're like like i want like we'll get to this but i want to have lots of xtc records yes and so i have them yes <laughs> yeah if i find them in a store i'm probably going to get it because yes. oh man i just gotta have that weird variant of mummer or whatever yes <clears throat> yes you know, I have I am that way to an extent, but I can easily kind of walk away. Like yeah. if it's kind of ridiculous, you know what I mean? It's like, right. Right, I think right. some of these like I think I'm just kind of going through this weird like phase of um, I wasn't allowed to own this stuff when I was a kid. And so when I see them, I just sort of I want them for that reason, mm-hmm. which is weird parenting advice with the idea of maybe we just don't <laughs> maybe you just don't tell your kids what they can and can't have and then. Maybe they'll right. turn out okay because it's like when I the guy I bought them from I bought all three from one guy and he he told me a story about how he bought Kisses Destroyer. I told him this and he said, "Oh, that happened to me when I bought Kisses Destroyer." You know, my parents made me <laughs> throw it away, and now he basically you know buys and sells records for a living. So you know, I think I think that's it. I'd like to find. I think I'm mostly done in the hair metal. There's one or two I'd like to find. I'd like to find the Skid Row record. Um, Crazy expensive. And, yeah, it's a little expensive for me right now. And, also, uh, um, isn't Doctor Feelgood crazy expensive? Probably, probably it is. Because it it's in that is. realm of like we're trying to wean everyone off of yes. vinyl completely yes. and go yeah, straight yeah. to CD. Yeah, because yeah. that would have been ninety, right? Ninety, ninety-one, maybe like early ninety-one, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, 
Because yeah, Nirvana came I had not it on, too far. I had it that. on cassette. Yep. I had my friend let me try try to let me dub the cassette, and my mom made me throw it away. So here we go. Nice. That's why I now I own all the records. But and here we are. <laughs> um, moving on from my usual hair metal rant, I got uh, <laughs> I I also picked up um, Cahoots by the band because yep. um, I don't know. It's interesting. This is one of those that, like, I guess this would be a completest thing because just about anything by the band, I'll buy it. But um, yep. side one is Life is a Carnival, followed by When I Paint My Masterpiece. And honestly, there's not too much more <laughs> that I'm... <laughs> I mean, maybe I just need to spend more time with it. But, like, you know, it's hard after you start with those two songs to kind of work more of them in. Do you know what I mean? But um, Yeah. Do you have that one in front I of you? Come around. Yes, I do. Uh, so Life is a Masterpiece. Or life is a masterpiece. Life I just tried a, to. Yeah. It's a mashup. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so when I paint my masterpiece, that's a Bob Dylan song. It is right? a Bob Dylan song that they, I think, was on like basement tapes too, and they like messed with it, but then like actually recorded it there. Yep. And yep. and then life is a carnival. Was that theirs, or was that yep. also a Bob Dylan song? Danko Helm and uh, oh, and, uh, and Robertson. So there you go. Um. I actually, uh, and then every other song is, uh, you know, Robbie Robertson, which I probably didn't tell everyone about, but you know, that's a, that's it. That, that you can read books about that. That fun it's true. thing. Um, da, 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 I actually have the basement tapes. Um, I found that LP double oh, nice. LP not too long ago. It's, it's totally worth it. It's great. It's yeah. great. I really enjoy that. Um, I also picked up Entertainment for the Gang of Four record. Um, oh. I've had it on CD for years, but this was too too good to pass up because I can just DJ the heck out of this record. There's a bunch of great songs on here. So um, nice and angular for my sets. Yeah, it's uh, that one will beat up your ears in a very pleasant way. No, it really does. <laughs> it really, really, really does. And then last but not least, and this I saved it for last because... Our whole uh, previous <laughs> episode, we we uh, in depth talked about records we wanted to find, and I wanted to find Sinead O'Connor's "I Do Not Want." What yep. I haven't got, and uh, the first box I looked in at the record uh, show, it was sitting right there. Her her longing eyes were just peering up <sighs> at me, and I said, "I'll take you home, Sinead." <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. And then she punched you right in the dingus. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Wow. Like, no. yep, nope. Uh, I brought it home and was playing it. And, you know, Emily said from the other room, she was like, you know, that is actually a pretty good record. Like, you just, it's... you kind of forget about it just because it's kind of uh, overshadowed, like we talked about with the print stuff. But um, I'm, I'm happy to own it. And uh, I'm always on the lookout for, uh, is it Lion and Cobra now? Is that yep. that's the first one that we talked about last week? So, yeah. And I guess we can divulge now that. We have tried recording this very episode once before. Yeah. Not actually twice before now. And yeah. it's not really panned out. Yep. Since then, you have gotten that record. I have gotten uh, a vinyl copy of The Lion and the Cobra. And today we were talking about it yeah. while we were both listening to it like <laughs> teenagers in a room. <laughs> States I love apart. this song. Ooh. <laughs> um, literally doing exactly what we're doing right now. Yep. But while the record and or I guess you had it on your computer, probably. Yep. I was yeah. playing. Yep. And it is it, they're both so good. And I must also admit, every time I see the cover to uh, I do not want, I yep. I think somehow it, my brain goes to a place that involves the uh, father figure video. Oh, I could see the that. George Michael where he's yeah, like the cab driver the and there's like, yeah. he keeps looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. I keep wanting him to take the glasses off and it to be Sinead O'Connor. That would be amazing. I don't know that, why, I but I do. Song. Father figure that, that that's a classic. That's it's a stone cold stunner. We need not get into a George Michael rabbit hole. Oh, so good soon. Lord. <laughs> It's a, it's a great rabbit hole, but yes, I just I I really couldn't believe it though that like I I you know it was really the first box. I saw some friends at the record show. We talked for a bit, and then I was like, "All right, guys, I'm gonna go look." And honestly, like the first box I looked in, there's one guy that I know that has a lot of great stuff, and it was right there sitting on the front. I was just like, "Boop!" Picked it up, you know. So right, I was excited. Yep. So, um, 
All right, let's talk about some of your procurements. Oh, if we, if, if we will. Right. Um, let's see. Sly and Family Stones. Uh, there's a riot going on. Great. Got that guy. Great. Loved it already. Had like listened to it a million times, but to find it in great shape with all the like, there's like a weird like lyric sheet in there yeah. and the whole thing. Uh, that was awesome. Um, it's just one of those records that's like talked about very heavily um because not least of which because you know i guess at that point sly was really paranoid and maybe on a lot of drugs yeah and kind of doing creepy things while i recorded or recording in creepy ways and or maybe or maybe not because i don't know it was ever proven holding his band hostage to some extent so you you know there's all kind of weird things but it's like the first widespread use of a drum machine that people kind of point to uh paving way for hip-hop um it's a family affairs on there which is ridiculous yeah i mean that song by itself is like worth the rest of it yep but it does go into like weird free jazzy sorts of territory which is and like jamie things which is yep. which is great to hear um well, it's one of the my i always think of miles davis when i listen to that record do you know what yep. i mean like it just feels like he if it, like how cool it have been for like Sly Stone to have like Miles Davis in a backing band, you know what I mean? Right. Make a record that'd be awesome. That's kind of as close as you're gonna get. So right, uh, I don't think Miles would show up and record with him while Sly's laying in the bed doing vocals. But you know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, or under it, black light. I have a real beat up copy of that one, and I'm always looking for a cleaner copy. So good, good, good buy on that one. Thanks. Um, the police Zinyata Mondata. There I will go. always say it that way because I feel like you have to to really get the the gist. Um, this is kind of where I feel like I'm sure it's arguable, but I feel like this is where they really come into what we know and love as the police. Yep. Um, the songwriting really gels at this point, probably because Sting just like said, "I'll take most of it, guys." But <laughs> the interesting thing is that the songs from the other members are also strong on that record and there's some like songs i think that were singles that didn't make it to like mtv or whatever that are also really good voices in my head and things like that sure Uh, driven to tears is on there but yep you know don't stand so close to me when you open a record with a song like that i mean you're pretty much good yeah (laughs) you're like yep here we are and we've done this and go buy a billion copies of this record yep um so yeah i've had like that there was a box set of cds that came out like a four cd set that was like everything they recorded that came out in like maybe like 92 or something like that um i had that i've had that for years i think the first the first three police records that i bought i bought with you actually probably at the great escape nice hilariously for like a dollar a piece and they they are like in perfect shape i didn't have record player i don't even know why i was buying records but i did we we tended to do that stuff back then right and for a dollar whatever i think i got synchronicity for maybe three but they all are perfect and so now i just got to get uh one more and i'm a completist on my thing about the zenyatta record are like the two songs that always jump out to me are um canary in a coal mine and man in a suitcase because they're just little nuggets you know um they're both like you know barely under two and a half minutes each and they're just like right in your face you know so the way they kind of wedge those into that record is is kind of perfect you know what i mean so yeah that song voices in my head yep i can pretty much listen to that like i could just like keep hitting repeat yeah (laughs) I don't know why that song just gets me every time. Yeah, yeah. it's a goodie. Um, Cindy Lauper's "She's So Unusual." I don't think anybody ever has to say why they bought this record because Ugh. it's just that good. It is really that good. I mean, it's just it's just that good. She covers Prince. There's a song about uh, getting down with yourself. Oh um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is girls just want to have fun time after time. I mean, yep. it is, it is chock full of goodies and as big as it is and was and legendary, I feel like it should be more. 
honestly. I feel like it yeah, should have been, I like... Yeah, I think people just put her in, like, a throwaway, like, uh, it was just kind of, like, a silly record. But, like, yeah. you could just burn all that down with Time After Time. I mean, it's just right. one of the perf- most perfect pop songs of all time, in my opinion. So, it's just right. easy to... I, I mean, if someone was like, oh, I don't like that song, I'd be like, "I where do you, how do you, what do you, yeah. like, okay, where do you start? You know, like, it's just, <laughs> it just goes right through and it just kills, kills me every time I hear it. So, and it's also the best thing that that guy from the Hooters ever did. So that's oh, the yeah, guy that's singing true. in the background. That is true. And he like helps that is true. write I that forgot song about the, yep. and like sings the backing vocal. And that's easily the best thing he ever did. Although I have a soft spot for, uh, I think it's "And We Danced" is their first single. It's yeah, it's a really stupid rock song, but it is yeah. a rock song of yeah. the '80s, and that's all you need. I loved, it. I loved it, and it had yeah. that little had a melodicon or melodibooty booty thing, whatever they were playing. <laughs> There's like a weird instrument, harmonium, maybe. Nah, maybe. that's not it either. Whatever. Yeah, I'll look it up later, and then we'll t- talk about it. Yep. Again, um, I bought even more Peter Gabriel. It's, nice. it's now well established that I like Peter Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, you've, um, uh, you're like you've moved from a rabbit hole to a bunker. You're just yes. You're down there just hold, holding them all, playing them nonstop. Right. I do not have us, which is the record after so, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is a, another terribly titled album from Peter Gabriel. Um, nor and and after that, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever have the like covers record. Yeah thing i doubt it but whatever yeah um but it's got robert fripp is all over these records uh Eno is floating around in there i'm sure somewhere throwing weird cards out at people and talking about stuff uh phil collins shows up here and there that's i mean right. it's just they're just great records great for yep. a drummer which that's me so yeah um yeah it's great it's good stuff go check it out uh life and times tragic boogie Right. Uh, just got reissued. Um, Life and Times, of course, ex-members of, well, ex-member, I guess, of Shiner. Um, That's Apley, right. That's when his we were, band. When we were talking about him recently, I was, I totally spaced on the Shiner part, but I remember that now. That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Because um, I don't know this band a lot, so I was listening to it when you were telling me about it, and I, I mean, I dig it. Yeah. Tragic Boogie is like the high watermark. Um, after I got this one, I actually found the record after it on vinyl, uh, for cheap, which was the one that I told you was like, sounded like, uh, Hums, Meaner Cousin came over for a That's party. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's, Meaner uh, Cousin. <laughs> which I think we decided that he was from Mississippi or somewhere. Well, what's, um, yeah. Well, I was trying to think of like Missouri. Like, Hums, That's right. Hums, an Illinois band, right? Like technically sort of. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I sort of feel like. Like the meaner cousin would be like from St. Louis. Like I'm better than you because I'm from St. Louis, and they'd be like, "Yeah, right. you're still just from St. Louis." Shut up, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but yeah, spacey, spacey, awesome rock. Uh, big drums, big guitars, big bass. They put on a great live show. If you can ever see them, it's 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 good. Yep. Glad that that record is back on vinyl. Um, what else? June of '44. Tropics and Meridians, which then completes the June of 44 world for me, I believe. Nice, nice. Um, I found this one. It had some little, like, nuggets. Uh, I guess when they put these out originally, they uh, put them out with some stamps. Yep. Um, that a press in Chicago did, um, which is kind of cool. That came with the guy. It's in really great shape. Um, yeah, super great post-rock weirdness. Um Again, if you're a drummer, you probably already love this band. If you're not a drummer, there's plenty to love about them, but it is definitely of an era. <laughs> They're like the perfect like late 90s like jazz rock band and I know people probably don't like that like jazz rock or whatever, but like right. they're just like one of those where you're like I'm not following this and then you're like, "Oh, I get it," you know? Right. Like Four Great Points was always the one for me, you know, where I was yep. just like, "I think I'm following," you know, like it's it's um, it's more of an active listen, I guess. It's not really like a passive thing. You don't just really put it on and hope that, or like it's not background music. Like it's just no. gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna eat at your ears too much to to just have it sitting in the background. So it's it's good yep. to turn on and really focus on and and hear all the crazy stuff going on. Yep, 
And then I don't uh, own any. Uh, I don't own any Jane of Forty Four. Oh yeah, uh, vinyl. All mine's on CD, so that's yeah. awesome. I never see it. I I thought it might be way harder to find. I walked into the store here, and there were three of them for not crazy money. Awesome. Just in the bin at one shot. Obviously, somebody come in and just like yeah. dumped it. Yeah. Um, and a couple of them were like weird clear vinyl, like limited ones, and like cool. yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh. That's been a fun one to track down because it's not really that old, but they weren't mass produced. Yeah, either. So when I was looking that one up. It's ninety six, right? Like yeah. Tropics and Meridians. So yeah, again, you're in that era where you're not gonna. There's not gonna be pressing a lot. Probably just one run, and then uh, and yep. then it's kind of done. So yep. And then uh, finally, bringing this full circle, XTC's uh, 3D EP which originally came with uh, 3D glasses. That's mine, right. Mine did not. So. Oh, well. So if anybody has any 3D glasses, they can send them to me, and I will look <laughs> at this record while I listen to it, and I will go, well, that is actually in 3D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because you can tell, because when you look at it without the glasses, you're like, man, my brain hurts. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, this is like, I believe this is the first EP. This EP came out right before... Uh, white music, which is their first record, came out. So it has like science fiction on it and uh, a couple other jammy jams. But I really uh, need to pick up more XTC because I think it would be good stuff to throw into uh, some DJ sets. Absolutely. Um, as everything else. And then, like, so I remember one time I was listening to like Sirius XM's uh, like alternative 80s station or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, were there two lead singers for that band or just one? There were two. Right. That because, sound incredibly alike. Because I think they were telling a story about how whichever one didn't sing uh, Making Plans for Nigel was complaining yes. because people had found out his like loft and, you know, wherever he lives in Europe or whatnot. And they were just drunk outside singing uh making plans for nigel and then you know he was just insanely frustrated because of all the either you know they got the right band just uh not one of his hits so i yeah the I wrong that was pretty entertaining dude. yep yeah that was that was yeah andy partridge is the guy who didn't sing it yep the guy that sings uh dear god that's andy partridge gotcha okay colin molding a bass player he sings he sings like <laughs> a ton of the songs and you don't unless you no, you don't know because yeah. they sound a lot alike. Like, it takes a while till you're like, "Oh, that's a Colin Molding song." There you go. <laughs> but yeah, good. Not everyone gets two singers that can sing that good either. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, Molly Crew didn't. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and then we had a big birthday this week, right? Birthday, a birthday. Yes, my son Ozzy which will come into factor heavily in the second half of this show. Yeah. Uh, uh, his, his second birthday was Friday. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, we got him a bunch of uh, fun toys and things. And uh, among those was a record crate, his first record crate and his nice. first record. I found him a copy through uh, a Instagrammer man man dude store uh cloud city records i think yeah. you know this this Chad. gentleman yeah yeah good dude he uh he helped me find a copy of dark side of the moon from i think it was 1973 it's like awesome. basically like second pressing or something like that yeah for not crazy money and, and uh that was the record that ozzy went to sleep to probably for like the first year of his life awesome. like he was like he would stay out. He was the even clocks. able to sleep through the yeah, the screaming ladies. Like I was sure that would always get him, but nothing. Nope. Great gig in the sky. Oh. He is out. Oh, that's the amazing. alarm clock moment. Yep, he's good. He's gonna stay. Was, uh, sleep. Did the did the crate turn out to be more of a like a just want to crawl in it and play in it like a box than? The... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he literally went. Uh, I guess two nights ago, he went and just sat down in it, like, and got wedged, and then just looked at me like with his 
<laughs> shoulders like shrugged up next to his ears like i can't get out <laughs> it's like all right we need to get you out <laughs> there's a there's a metaphor in there somewhere but uh i don't think yeah. you and i are smart enough to figure it out <laughs> i can't get out i'm stuck in the record crate <laughs> yeah help me father and then you just crawl in like i'm right. with you <laughs> no I'm i need out i can't help you <laughs> No one can help you. It's got really weird all of a sudden. Mm. Sorry, Ozzy. Yeah, who well, was that record? The Little Man's too. Yeah, right. Yeah, man. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's crazy. I know that you know this, but it flies by so fast. Yeah, man. Like two is like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah, but, mine will yeah. be sixteen next week. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Ridiculous. All right. I think that brings us to our our uh, our next segment, which. I think it's time again for your radio tag. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Alternative histories. (laughs) I can't help but laugh every time. (laughs) Thanks, Rosie. (laughs) In a world. (laughs) In a world. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to let you set this up because this is the perfect uh, peek into your brain that I've known for 20 plus years. It's true. So... Uh, quickly, as quickly as I can do this. Uh, I like to think about things that aren't real. <laughs> um, some call that imagination. I just call that woohoo. Um, and this week's woohoo is kind of a little what if game. Uh, there was a comic book series when I was a kid that I loved to read called What If. I think it's still around, maybe. I don't know, where they kind of turned the things you know on their end. And so, like, good guys become bad guys and, you know, stretchy man hits baby in the face. That kind of stuff <laughs> happens. Uh, all the heroes are villains, blah, 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 blah. Bizarro so, world. <laughs> yes, bizarro smash. Uh, so, so I, I sometimes, in my brain, like to think about the fact that uh, that could happen in the real world. And yep. one of those ways is... With musical artists, like, for instance, this week we'll be talking about (laughs) what if instead of Led Zeppelin being the radio juggernaut that we know, this giant colossus of a band, they were taken down maybe like a peg and Black Sabbath was the band that has all the accolades and got all the the hype and more more than two of their songs get played on the radio ever from like 14 records worth of songs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, which never Cam- happens. Cam- but... Cameron Crowe writes a movie about black Sabbath, right? Like that <laughs> stuff never happens to black Sabbath. Um, <laughs> that's a good that point. stuff all- always happens to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, I can, we can, you know, debate for years why that is, um, I'm less concerned with why that is, although that's fun too. Yeah. But it's more like what would have happened? What are the like ripple effects if everything else is equal, but those two are flipped? Yes. Um, so one tiny little theory, and I've had now that we've recorded this once and then had to record it again, <laughs> <laughs> I had more time to like dial this in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think I touched on when we talked about it before that, uh, I feel like punk rock as we know it, which was kind of a fight against huge bands like Led Zeppelin. Yes. Uh, um, given a band like Black Sabbath, maybe being that big might have influenced punk rock as we know it in a way that you didn't see for a while but did finally pop up, popped up more in like a metal world, but like still showed up um, and kind of would have turned punk rock more dark. There you go. Okay. So like, for instance, as I was thinking about this, it came to me that like Slayer. Yeah. uh, For all intents and purposes is a thrash punk band. Yes. That just happens to be singing about, you know, the hell (laughs) and war and the devil and blood and people who do 
terrible things. Yeah. Which just happens to be the same things that Black Sabbath was at some point singing about. That's right. Uh, That's right. Um, as a matter of fact, I was listening on my way home from work today to Seasons in the Abyss, that record, which is astounding and one of my favorite records ever. But like the best songs in there are like, wow, this is just like this could be Sabbath if like you hit the like speed selector on your record player. Yeah. <laughs> Slowed it down a little bit. And it went up to 45, just, you know, yeah. suddenly Black Sabbath is now Slayer. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. They also got political in a way black sabbath did that zeppelin never did that's true i mean very true war pigs war pigs is a political song that's true um and i you know again all this is conjecture and yeah it's all all up for debate um i think you don't have a song like metallica's one without yes i would agree like black sabbath which if black sabbath is like the biggest thing on earth then maybe in that weird alternate world metal doesn't happen or happens earlier and then goes into a weird phase of hair metal things earlier and then has to be taken out of it earlier which means metallica gets to be nirvana yeah <laughs> that, which is weird okay. but yeah. i mean they were basically the other biggest band on the planet yeah, as well. But anyways, that's my world. Yeah. What do you think? I think you're on to the right track. I think we lose hair metal. Right. If, 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 if Black Sabbath is bigger than Led Zeppelin, I think we lose hair metal, especially as like a large uh, it, it, the juggernaut that it became. Do you know what I mean? So I right. think that uh led zeppelin was one of the first bands where they were like we're gonna be kind of pretty and prance a bit and like mm-hmm. sing about elves and things and we're gonna have ballads and those will be the hits you know what i mean so we'll have ballads be the hits but then we'll kind of put on this crazy rock show and right. uh and i think that was always the hair metal you know um that was like the hair metal 101 right where it's like right. just write a bunch of songs and then get a, somebody else maybe you know to come in and write one or two ballads and those ballads are going to take off and people will buy your records because they have to in order to hear them and then you'll have all these other songs on there so i think that goes right. away i think i think that gets replaced with a lot more like stoner metal like you know like so think about your bands like um like a fu manchu you know um yeah. or like um like does that make the stooges bigger like if black sabbath is bigger I feel like it would have to, right? Right, you know? So like, like if all things if everything else is equal and you still have yep. all the bands, like yeah. they're all still there. It's not like we erased them. We're not doing the time travel thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would think that suddenly Iggy Pop is like a star like way back when. Like not just I like so on too. a not just on a certain level, not on like a niche level, like on a like actual like wow. I don't want to see Robert Plant anymore. I want to see half naked Iggy pop, like cutting himself, you know, right. like, yeah, which is a different world. <laughs> Very different. That's a different world. <laughs> Very different. Very different. I, I, I think, I think that's, I, in my mind, that's kind of the main effect. Like I think Led Zeppelin are always a little bit more polished and showy, like, especially on record. I mean, their live shows from what I've heard were kind of in your face, you know, yeah. but you know, then they would get out the, you know, playing the guitars with the bows and stuff like that, you know, where right. it was just kind of like, it was more arty, I think. And and I think Black Sabbath is always just kind of in your face. And, you know, right. although they did, they do have like their, they had the ability to do songs like that. I think they, they, they did. Well, I know they did on a couple records, but like, yes, they always kind of stick out in my opinion, kind of like a sore thumb, sore thumb, but I get it. Like, you know, they, it helps that they're there because it kind of breaks things up, you know, but right. I get, I, I, yeah, again, I just, that I, I kind of can't get beyond that. I think that changes things, you know, but here's my thing. If you don't have hair metal, will you ever have a Nirvana? <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think you still at some point will have that because I mean, the trick here is that <laughs> all things being equal again, yeah. uh, hair metal was as informed by 
glam yeah. before it as it Agreed. was metal. Yep. And if you, I, I forgot to look this up, but uh, on, on uh, Bowie's uh, "Man Who Sold the World," there's a record. There's a song, I believe, called like "Black Mountain." rock or something like that yeah very very like straightforward like this is going to be a rock song yeah it just happens to sound a lot like black sabbath ah. like it's not it's not too far of a stretch to be like hey that's david bowie and band trying out what this thing they probably saw at a club or saw at a you know big show whatever is you know yeah. that's what it sounds like it sounds yeah. straight up like that even the like vocals on uh the man who sold the world like is it f- heavily affected as they are are not that different than like planet caravan on paranoid like yeah it's all kind of like it's weird like i feel like black sabbath had that influence but it has always been like a much more like insidious like nobody really sees it coming they're just like they start playing a song and they're like oh god this is a black sabbath song isn't it (laughs) (laughs) like oh wow i just figured out this black sabbath song and i never knew that this was a black sabbath song yeah um because i mean nirvana was influenced by black sabbath i mean bleach is yeah the melvins that whole grunge era yep as it were yeah with all the different guitar tunings and everything yeah, I mean it's all it's all Zeppelin and Sabbath, yes, but there's a heavy dose of Sabbath in that sound that I think that era of music brought more to the forefront. Yeah, I mean the unfair thing here is that I don't know if everybody can hear the sirens and the <laughs> this is that's the police coming to get me for this conversation. It's the music police, um, woo yeah. woo. No, um, I guess the unfair thing here is that. Uh, you know, Zeppelin's life is cut much drastically shorter sure. than Sabbath. So then Sabbath gets the lovely distinction of having become like a parody of itself at the point. Like it's like, yep. what are you doing? So I think that's part of the problem is like, if we're looking at a why Zeppelin, not Sabbath world, like the actual world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of the thing is like, some people only can only like hear you know Dio singing for Sabbath, and they're like, I don't want that. That's terrible. I don't <laughs> like it. Even though it's not, it's not that bad, but it's yeah. still, it's not the thing. I mean, yeah, I got you know uh, the box set. I think it was like a sale or at a gift card or something for iTunes. It's like the complete like Aussie year on in one shot so it's like eight records in like one shot yeah and i don't know that i've ever listened to them all eight in a row but like i've listened to a big chunk of it and like there's some weird stuff in there yeah it's like good but it's like it took them longer to get to the like super experimental like stage that like i feel like zeppelin was like probably because they were quote unquote more mo better musicians you know yeah yeah um they just were able to take it to a place that sabbath wasn't quicker and sabbath was just like we are a blues band (laughs) and we're gonna get in a fight after the show (laughs) yeah right (laughs) we don't get along with anyone including ourselves correct we don't like each other so we're gonna go set our drummer on fire yeah that's (laughs) which supposedly happened (laughs) yeah we'll just set them on fire Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think, I think that was after I dialed this, this whole formula in. I feel like in my world, you have a punk rock that tends more, still would be, you'd still have political, uh, political punk rock for sure. Like, I think that's always going to happen. Um, yeah. And I think, but I think you're also going to have the appearance of what is, you know, thrash and those things having like this darker tinged uh, lyrical world married with this like super fast or like super dark music a lot quicker. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So yeah, there we go. I like that was alternative histories. (laughs) 
I can't, I can't, can't not laugh every time you do it. There was one other one that you did. I texted it to me one time. I forget what that one was. Deep cuts. <laughs> Deep cuts by Aaron Deep Ford. Cuts. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember why we were going to do that one, but I can't I think it was either. just like. There was, I think it was another one, too. We These are just, again, if we take our texts and put them into some sort of audio form, that's just going to sound really ridiculous. <laughs> I've already warned everybody who's been like, when is. When is the next episode? I'm like, man, it's gonna start getting weird. <laughs> it's gonna get weird. <laughs> get ready. It's gonna start. It's gonna start going hard left now. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, there, there's a, there's a million bands you can, you can play the fun alternative histories game with. Um, but I felt like that was a pretty solid, solid first one. With something, yeah, be something fun to revisit later. I think, yeah. I mean, I'm sort of now thinking, where do we go from here, my friend? <laughs> it's like, now we've now we've done it. We've done it. We've done it. Oh, I know what we're going to say. So yes. I think one of the ways that we like to kind of wrap everything up and end this, and because it yes. was so successful last week, was talking about what we want to get or what we what we would like to find out in the wild. Oh, so. Yes. Yeah, so maybe we can uh, we can jump into that and then kind of let that wrap things up. But if there's something that you're looking for that that can you think top of mind that uh, that would make you happy if you just see it right there in the bin? Um, One or yes. two things. Um, this time around, for sure, uh, Freddie Hubbard's uh, Red Clay. Yes, I listened to that today. Very good. Uh, yeah, it is wacky good. Lots of uh, hip hop samples all throughout. Um, I am attempting not to, you know, snowball into the slippery slope that is uh, jazz too hard. Um, yeah, jazz is jazz is the slipperiest of slopes, just because. Um, I mean. Those guys put out so many records. Do you know what I mean? It's like they're doing two to three a year. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at this Cannonball Adderley Quintet record, Accent on Africa. (laughs) He's like on a beach, sand dune with two horns. And there's a woman in this kind of awesome dress in the background dancing on the sand dune. And, you know, uh, this thing is great. I found it in Ohio, you know, and like um, it's not quite what i thought it would be like when something says you know like africa you never really know like which avenue that's going to go down like is it going to kind of be like crazy crazy rhythms or you know really heavy on drums or anything like that but this is just it's just really great and um you know it's like you know i just saw it and i was like oh i gotta have it you know and uh, i love it but like there's thousands of those, you know, right. <laughs> across the history of jazz. So right. that's what makes it a slippery slope. But it's a fun and one, man. It's really fun. I think that, like, the thing that's enticing about the era that Red Clay comes from, there's there's more, obviously, from that era of, like, electrified, fusion-y jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just gets... It gets... It, it hits a lot of spots that like i didn't like before like i wanted my jazz like traditional and acoustic yep. and you know yep. all that but now i'm like no oh, man that's like the foundations for so much other music have come from these dudes like trying to figure out how to marry all that stuff i mean the band Agreed. he's got on that record is ridiculous i bet he's got ron carter uh herbie hancock yep. and lenny white like man. all in that band on that record yeah. it's like it's not gonna be bad <laughs> is that a blue note is that a blue note record uh i believe it's on cti oh okay okay gotcha, yeah gotcha. i think he had just left blue note they are touring a blue note documentary um Boy. and i saw in fact i saw shake it which is a great store in cincinnati talking about mm-hmm. how it was um and i think like a a local theater there. So I, uh, I'm hoping that maybe that would pop up like at the bell court here. Cause I think that would just be, there's yeah. just so much, I don't even know how you'd make a documentary on that much of a catalog, but, um, right. but I, I bet it's just, <laughs> I bet it's just absolutely great. I mean, my thing too, is just even with, um, 
you know, you know, even like speaking about like the jazz fusion stuff. I mean, it's like we were texting this morning because I think what Bitches Brew is uh, 50 years old. Like it was recorded, right. it was released. I think it'd be the release date is next year, if technically 50, yeah. but they recorded it in August of this year, only in like four days, you know, like no big deal. Just yeah. a double LP of crazy out there jazz fusion that will knock out in four days. But, um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, once you put that stuff on again, it kind of goes back to, there's, there's such a thing as background music. And then there's such a thing as like actually sitting down and listening, you know? And so, yeah. uh, that's, that's the beauty of all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, said earlier i'll say it to the to the world now that uh live evil live record it's like kind of half live it's like miles davis it's like the band basically that recorded bitches brew it's like them playing a show some in some awesome place for like half the record and the rest of it's like they stuck on some other studio things that they did because he added even more people to the band yeah that is the same way it's like you can find it it's totally worth getting as like the addendum to bitches brew like it's 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 so good did you know he opened up for the grateful dad at the fillmore i had read that recently there's a show poster there's a show poster out online that you can find and i just wish that that was a whole something you could own just that night you know what i mean like regardless of like artist or record label or whatever it was just like boom that night at the Fillmore and it's like you listen to Miles Davis and then after that you go into Grateful Dead that's crazy right. yeah there was uh in the liner notes for Live Evil there's like there's like all these stories from the band members of like him firing people like mid-show yeah <laughs> like oh, yeah basically like tapping somebody and be like you gotta go and then <laughs> just like like giving the nod to somebody he had asked to like come to see the show like yeah you come on and That's like funny. sit down and play and they're like i don't know what to do <laughs> and like the other guys be like we don't either just <laughs> just Keep do going. it <laughs> that's crazy yeah so freddie hubbard red clay that's my if nice it's all that that would be very nice dear santa I, I have two uh one is um uh television's adventure record Oof. um recently got a reissue of it Good, good 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 there is a song on there like ain't that nothing or ain't that something or something like that i'm totally blanking on it now but um it's kind of a deep cut near the end uh which again deep cuts deep cuts it would fit right in well with uh (laughs) with um with a good old-fashioned dj set and then Mm -hmm. um i'm reading this book called begin the begin um by uh Man, what is this guy's name? Robert Dean Lurie, which Mm -hmm. just came out. So it's all about R.E.M.'s early years. And it's basically like after this, I'm going to immediately after this, I'm going to read Party Out of Bounds, which is sort of like the definitive Athens story, you know, Athens, Georgia story. But this guy really spends more time just on R.E.M. But as they're just they're name dropping all these like power pop jangly bands and Mm -hmm. I the next episode of you and I, I will have received, I mean, I've just been, you know, I've just been buying way too much because I'm like, ooh, ooh, because right. I'm sort of trying to, like, again, like, I de- my DJ sets are four hours, so that's a lot of material, and so I'm trying to yep. kind of work in new things, but also things that fit together, because sometimes I'll just buy, like, one cool thing that'll work, and it messes up my whole section of that set. I know it sounds silly, but it's like, oh, I almost right. would have just rather kept if I don't have enough to kind of build a whole section of the set, like it just kind of throws me off. So yep. um, all, all that to say that uh, I saw it at the record show and I should have bought it. And I think the, that same show is coming back in November. And I doubt the per- I doubt anybody bought it. But uh, the Pylon Chomp record um, is high on the list. And this one was the like the original with the uh, like with the die cut bite out of it. Oh. Um the guy wanted 50 bucks and I thought um, I was like, I don't really know how to gauge that. And, right. uh, yeah, I should have just gotten it. Cause I got home and everybody's <laughs> anything on Discogs, I think is 80 and up. And then you just can't even find it that I've seen yeah. like on an eBay or whatever. So I was like, dang it. So I don't know. Um, that, I think that would be really fun too. 
Um, I think that one's expensive just because of it, of how rare it is. But yeah, I'd love to find like a copy of even like Pylons Gyrate, just anything like that, you know, to just kind of build into this. I'm mean, basically what's going to end up happening is I'm going to have like an Athens Georgia set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. It'll bleed up into Raleigh a little bit. What, what, like I said, yeah. once all these arrive, one of them showed up to, tonight when I got home, so I'm super excited about it. So we can we can dive deep into those next week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. When you guys are out here, we'll have to go. Uh, we go record shopping. There's lots oh, yeah. of DBs and all that good Winston Salem stuff floating around. Yep. Uh, I can't wait. Raleigh, Durham, Winston Salem area awesomeness. There's like some crazy funk stuff that came out of here back in the day too. That's like, it's insane. That is, that's it's totally worth worth finding. Well, I think we did it, man. I think this time I actually recorded it. <sighs> There's only one way to find out. It's <laughs> <laughs> to hang up, and that's for us to uh, hang up. That was such a sinking feeling. I haven't really had the best <laughs> week, so that uh, the fact that we recorded this once and it didn't tape uh, pretty much flies into. Uh, <laughs> the norm for the last uh i don't know seven days going on now right. so uh, right but this one's recording baby and we're gonna have it posted and then we'll be yes. on to bigger and better things i can't wait <laughs> that's right i'm just we gonna will... go listen to my shit at o'connor's <laughs> do i want what i haven't got i'm just gonna <laughs> oh, i'm gonna let it all uh. out i'm gonna jump in the river <laughs> <laughs> nothing truly compares to you <laughs> somebody literally like no one would ever leave a comment for this podcast but it'd probably be like these dudes talk about Sinead O'Connor a lot <laughs> that's pretty much it we should I'm not I'm not trying to give all our secrets away to the world but we should just make it a point to talk about her every episode <laughs> <laughs> well that's what I'm saying man I mean hey look I would if I find Lion in the Cobra I'm gonna pick it up which would mean that we would talk about it next week so you never know I'm gonna be hey. I you know, we're getting into travel soccer season, so uh, my weekends are kind of doing this like Friday night game, Saturday game, Sunday game kind of thing. So I'm I'm a little stressed. That's uh, it kind yeah. of eats into uh, shopping time, but I, <laughs> I think it'll be okay. I'll make it work. If if you do have a chance, and this goes for anybody in the world who hears this, if you do have a chance, there is a there's a reissue of the Lion and the Cobra. Yep. Uh, the cover of which is not the original cover yeah that's like, the that's the it, streaming version by the way yeah it does not look like she's screaming i'm sorry Sinead. it does not look like you're screaming it looks like you're like laughing heartily <laughs> it doesn't look like like when i saw it i was like what is that because i'd only ever known the like the other version i was like what is oh, what is this like some weird outtake what is that what is this and tom i was like foolery I was like, why would they make this kind of a serious record? Why would they make that cover? And then, then I realized, oh, it's a screaming thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It doesn't look yeah. like she's screaming. Sorry, guys. Anyways, it's worth seeing because you're going to try. I love it. Well, this yep. was fun as always. Um, yes, sir. And I look forward to like literally talking to you in a couple days about right. all the other stuff that we've bought. Of course, because we're going to do this all over again. <laughs> and uh, tell Ozzy happy belated birthday from the hartley clan. yes until uh <laughs> until those hartley boys happy birthday oh man i know early it's crazy -ish. yeah it's it's a little yeah. early but they're yeah. they're ready that's oh, the birthday cards are. are started showing up so it's the it's oh. the official season so they're yep. they're all in they're fine so <laughs> oh, it's crazy all right buddy yep. talk to you later all right man have a good night all right bye bye